Welcome everyone to the Important Report. I am Chris Tergliaferra. And I'm Jeff Garver. This week, unimportant news that we will not be discussing. The NBA playoffs. Nope. Uh, very boring. A lot of Game 7s that no one cares about. Exciting finishes. The persona non gratis here. Uh, Jeb Bush's rise in the presidential polls. Your future president, Jeb Bush. <laughs> uh, climate change coming back, you know, for some reason. Who cares? Thought it all. I thought it never went away. And uh, Monica Lewinsky just not being able to let it go. Yeah, move on with your life, Monica. Moveon.org. Okay, well, what is Moveon.org? I, yeah, I think it was made. Actually, I think it was made in the um, during after the scandal, and it was made to be like, hey, let's move past this and get to the issues at hand. It's a liberal website. Ah. So, uh, but one that is. Uh, Actually, I don't know. This is a bad seg. This is just be known as a horrible seg. One person that goes to both political parties. I hate this. Anyway, Ronald McDonald. One person who's never gone down on the president of the United States, <laughs> but is beloved. Uh, Ronald McDonald, as we all know, became the spokesperson of McDonald's in 1963. And, you know, but would you ever consider him cool? No, not really. Uh, I had a birthday party at McDonald's when I was like in kindergarten and he showed up. That's pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, or maybe I was in second grade. I, I like in... to think you were in seventh. <laughs> seventh grade? You know, guys, Ronald McDonald showed up. Don't make fun of me. It embarrass me. I get pants in front of yeah. Ronald McDonald. You get shoved in a locker. <laughs> well, um, in a rebranding effort, uh... McDonald, Ronald McDonald will be sporting a new wardrobe, which includes yellow cargo pants and a vest, accompanied by a red and white striped rugby shirt. His iconic big red shoes will remain the same, so don't you fret. Reserved for special occasions, Ronald has a whimsical new red blazer with the golden arches on the front pocket and his well-recognized signature on the back. Really? I, don't, I can't pick it out. And a special bow tie to complete the look. Yes. Right. So... The blazer only comes out for special occasions. So if you have a special birthday, whimsical occasions. So if he, uh, you know, if you if he shows up and he's looking super cash, just know that um, you're not, not you're important. not that important. He only wears that whenever he goes to meet the president. All right. What do you what do you think about these clothes? Um, I mean, cargo pants. I don't think they're really. Uh, are they cool now? I mean, I wouldn't really know. I really wouldn't know either, but I don't think they're cool. When I think of this outfit, I think of like 1999, 2000, 2001, back when like Abercrombie and Fitch was like, this is when I'm basing everything I know about cool is based off suburban Charlotte. And I guess suburban <laughs> Charlotte's not that cool, but that was kind of the way people dressed. Maybe a little cargo pants, but a rugby style shirt. That now I know of, rugby shirts are out of style. No, I, I'm sure they, I'm sure they are. Yeah. Um, but bl- that's very ni- that's just very 1999. It just seems strange. Well, also, it just seems like, you know, corporate people being like, let's, you know, make them super dope and fresh. Yes, exactly. Uh, but it was actually designed by uh, a Tony Award-winning uh, costume designer, uh, Anne Hould Ward. So that's, you know... <laughs> what are kids uh, like these days? 
cargo pants. I'm sure she was basically said, design the cargo pants, design the rugby shirt. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think she'd really come up with that on her own. But, you know, McDonald's is already an institution that it's, 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 I guess it's sort of fun. Yeah, it's sort of fun. But, I mean, can I, it's kind of hard for them to be cool. I mean, is this going to be another Arch Deluxe? Yeah, we, we, we remember when that all went down. I think I might be the, one of the few people who remembers the Arch Deluxe and is oh, interested in talking about it. Because it was like, McDonald's just isn't for kids anymore. Yeah, no, uh, it, it was a big thing for everyone. Perfectly fine sandwich. Yeah. Uh, and also... Um, the, but the Arch Deluxe didn't work. It didn't stick around. Uh, the guy said that... Uh, oh, the, the guy, Dean Barrett's SVP of Global Relations said, Ronald brings to life the fun of our brand by connecting with customers around the world, whether he's promoting literacy or spreading cheer at a Ronald McDonald house. Customers today want to engage with brands in different ways, and Ronald will continue to evolve to be modern and relevant. But he stopped evolving after 1999. Well, that's true. Ronald McDonald is into Limp Biscuit, corn, <laughs> early Jay-Z... Yeah. Really excited about this new show called Total Request Live. <laughs> also, he's going to be uh, tweeting. Now, he won't have his own Twitter, but you'll know it's him because he'll put hashtag Ronald McDonald when he says something. He already had a tweet the other day like, here come the selfies, which I just hope kills the selfie trend. I hope that when corporations start adopting it, uh, they just go away. I hate selfies. They're vain and... You hate you're vanity. Gonna, you're not going to jump in and like... If there's anything Christy hates a lot, it's vanity. It's true. I, I try, you know, I always carry myself with a quiet dignity. Yes. So, uh... Well, well you have the good, so it'd be... You, but you also... We also don't like false modesty, too, so it's not like Chris can go around being self-deprecating. That's true. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> it's a fine line I walk every day in my life. Um, well, also, if uh, Ronald McDonald gets a makeover... Who else is worthy of it? Uh, you know, uh, there, there was a whole slew of characters for McDonald's that I feel like is forgotten. Um, you have Fry Guys. You have Grimace. You have... Grimace uh, is like a big fat purple blob, right? Yeah. All right. So, um, the Hamburglar, Mayor McCheese. Yeah. Um, all right, well, how would you... Uh, I was thinking, I guess the only thing I was thinking, Hamburglar was the only one I knew, but I was kind of thinking you make Hamburglar more of a modern criminal. How are you saying his name? Hamburglar. It's Hamburglar. Hamburglar. There's no, like, okay. The Hamburglar okay. <laughs> is, now he's he's a criminal, he steals hamburgers, right? Yeah, I, he's a menace to society. All right. But now we live, you know, I, I guess I'm thinking, you know, cable TV dramas, Tony Soprano, Don Draper. Walter White from Breaking Bad most recently. Now, these are guys... Bad Vic guy, Mackey. Vic Mackey. You, all you S.H.I.E.L.D. fans out there. Uh, but uh, but these are guys who, you know, they're kind of anti-heroes. These are Vic guys that are anti-heroes. You know, they're, they're not bad guys, but you certainly wouldn't call them good guys. All I know... All That's my, Chris Collinsworth. All my rebranding efforts would have, have Chris Collinsworth doing the voice. <laughs> should be... All these dumb, like, sports people, like the... They get to promote whatever product they want, but I don't see Chris Collinsworth doing too much of it. Maybe during football season, I just miss the commercials. But we'll be at more on the lookout. But I would like to see Chris Collinsworth, like you know, doing commercials for the Gap. These are the type of sweaters that like, you know, whatever the Gap has. 
But what I would have the hamburger, kind of make him more of an anti-hero. Give him a backstory. Give him, make him a thinking criminal, not just a crazy criminal. Because I think people and even children could accept that. That's true. Well, I was thinking if they were to like rebrand Grimace, I, I give him a medallion, a goatee. And like a funky head. <laughs> he could be that's, a big fat rapper. That's very 90s. Big pun. Big, big pun, Punisher. Big Punisher to some. That's on his driver's license. Uh, what was the What was the other guy? Fat Eddie or something? Fat Joe? Oh, Fat Joe. Fat yeah. Eddie was not as popular. And now they got Manny Fresh, who's big. Uh, but that's a little too modern. Yeah. Uh, and Fry Guys, I guess I would put medallions on them <laughs> <laughs> I think it would just be like if they came up to me it's like alright um, you know I unveil my thing it's just medallions everywhere I'm wearing a medallion in the meeting <laughs> I like pull it out from underneath my shirt and be like yeah. what do you think pretty cool huh and like Mayor McCheese you could have him as like kind of a corrupt politician yeah you could Mayor McCheese yeah he's sort of you could sort of base him off maybe the McDonald's people they don't maybe they don't really like a lot of these, you know, they don't like unions. They don't like this push. They kind of make them like, a, they make them like a really stuffy, phony Democrat or something like that. Just real, real obvious stuff. <laughs> well, he's always making bad decisions and running things out of business. Yes. By, like unionizing the fry guys. <laughs> and then like fry guys, they just bring in like Mexican fry guys from yeah, across yeah, the border. Yeah. Really teach kids early about the dangers of unions, <laughs> and, and and or there's this Ronald big, McDonald's a big union buster coming. There's this big they kind of just make it a TV show somehow for kids. And there's this episode where uh, you know uh, they want all these people, all like the all the people want you know higher wages, and, and all the McDonald's workers want higher wages, and Mary McCheese is really pushing for it. But it ends up putting them out of business because they can't. They can only pay the workers eight dollars an hour and not like ten dollars yeah. an hour because the whole thing will go under if they do that. Yeah. And this... then and then you know Mayor McCheese is the villain. He loses everyone their jobs and Ronald McDonald's at the end. He's kind of sad, but he, <laughs> but he says he's going to rebuild. He's going to rebuild. And then the golden arches come up. Um, okay, cool. Well, that's Ronald McDonald, the new version. Keep on the lookout. The new cool version. Hip. Have him at your kids' birthday parties. Yeah, he'll be uh, funky fresh. All right, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, hero or villain? Welcome back, everyone, and now time for our favorite segment, hero or villain. Good stuff. That's good stuff. Speaking of good stuff, did you do a senior prank? No, I did not. I don't think my high school did those. Oh, uh, we did one. I remember it fondly. There was this... uh, well, I'll be politically correct. There was this mentally challenged kid, and we shoved him in a locker and kept him there like the entire weekend. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, we didn't. That would be awful. That would be almost as bad as what we're going to talk about. Yeah, I theoretically think bad. We haven't yeah. made our decision. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's cool. Uh, that was such an awful thing. I feel bad just even thinking of this poor kid that never existed. Did you guys really have a senior prank though? Did we have a senior prank? I. I feel like Tim, uh, you audience don't know Tim, but I feel like your friend Tim might have been one for a senior prank or would have thought it was a good idea. I think it just involved like silly string at a certain moment. It was yeah. really stupid and lame. It was like, oh, and, like the teacher just kind of accepted it and was like, all right, let's move on. Yeah. Pick up the silly string. It's hard to really do a good senior prank that's, the prank that's not uh, really hurtful or damaging, I think, but also that's not really lame. Like, uh, you have to be pretty crafty. Yeah. Just like these kids we're about to talk about. Okay, well, it's uh, basically um, at Teaneck High School. 
In New Jersey. In New Jersey. Police responded to a burglary alarm at shortly before 2.30 a.m. When they arrived, several students tried to run away, but officers found dozens of teens still there, some hiding in significant damage throughout the school, according to Teaneck Police. Garland said officers found balloons throughout the building, flipped desk, petroleum jelly on doorknobs, and urine in the hallways. Police also watched some of the alleged criminal activity on the closed-circuit security system as it was happening. I hope they caught those pee-peers. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you think? Um, well, I mean, the, the urine's disgusting. Also pretty cool. Well, that's the thing. That's the whole question with this thing. Are these guys so outlandish and gross that they're heroes? Or are they just gross? Because, like you were saying... With these, like, silly string and stuff, and people pointed this out, too, the senior prank mostly involves the janitors, because they're the ones who have to clean it up. So it's very, oh, yeah. like, it's very, like, a ha-ha janitor. It's, like, clean, even if it's something like silly string or even, or something, you know, simple well, like silly string. I don't string. want them cleaning up urine. No, who does? I mean, that, Dude, it had to be just boy urine, I'm assuming. I'm, I'm, there's no girls who's going to just kind of lift up her skirt. And but it, it was, uh... It was 62 students. 62 students. That's a lot of pee. I'm assuming not everyone would pee. You know, I think they went in there with a really bad plan. That's kind of what I'm gathering. They went in. It's like, let's just do... They came in with petroleum jelly and balloons. It's like, what else do we do? Just start peeing! You know, and, you know, they were probably intoxicated, I would guess. So it's if just it was like, 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. Uh... So they, um... Yeah, but the petroleum jelly on the doors, because that's, I mean, that's kind of a prank. It's just, that's more of an I did that to one of my dorm mates. We got, uh, lube, one of those safe sex things, and then we put it on a dorm, um, doorknob. Was it hilarious? Actually, it was pretty funny. <laughs> well, aren't those things more just annoying than anything? Because it's like, what is this? Yeah, it was stupid, but I mean, it was like, it wasn't like it was a big senior prank. It was just something we did because we were bored. Yeah. And then we just, you know, heard the guy go, ooh, lube. <laughs> well, that's almost worth it, just the way his reaction. Right. So, uh... But I, so these, because it would be teachers. The teachers go to open up their doors, and then, but I bet they don't go... Ooh, lube, they go, mm. you know, they, they don't like Are they really going to be going to open doors, though, when the the, the floor is soaked with oh, urine? Oh, that's and true. All... That's true. It seems like, you know, they're never going to get to the great petroleum jelly yeah. prank. <laughs> it's going to be wasted. You ha Well, that's that was part of their poor plan. They really needed to kind of leave the urine at the end somehow. They needed to be like, oh, God, I can't get into the room. They worked so hard to get in the room and boom, urine. Yeah. Maybe a bucket of urine above their head. Oh, yeah, out. a bucket of urine. What, hilarious, you teenagers. <laughs> you guys really left your mark on the school. <laughs> Harassing these teachers. Also, 10 law enforcement agencies showed I, up. I couldn't, I, what could that be? I, that's just what the I was police, thinking. Police sheriff. Police sheriff. Maybe a fire department. FBI, SBI. <laughs> Uh, oh, what if the CIA took these kids down? Or, like, they had to call them the FBI for some reason. What if it was just a complete over-response and, like, they had, like, you know, these, like, clandestine or clandestine, uh, like, you know, operatives coming in just slitting throats? <laughs> um, some people probably think these kids deserve it. If you look at the comment sections of some of these articles, they're, I mean, I kind of... Were they out for blood? Oh, yeah, these people are like these animals. They're, but it is kind of it is kind of gross. I, so I, I would probably be saying they're villains just because it's it's the pee on the floor, really, is what puts it over the top. That you can't really be heroic when you're peeing on the floor and making other people clean up your pee. That's really difficult to pull off. 
I, I would say also like, all right, if we're going to do anything with pee, you pee in the lemonade and then you let the teachers drink it and then, like, <laughs> and then they say, whoa, what's this? And then, or you put LSD in the coffee. Um, what, what other ones? <laughs> yeah, put LSD in the coffee. Maybe put ecstasy in the, in the biscuits. Yeah, unless that burns off the, the thing. I don't know. The drugs. Maybe palcohol. Yeah, you can't do that because it would burn off. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm gonna say they're villains. I mean, it's just it's just gross. They're just too gross. And these. I like to joke about gross pranks. I don't like them actually being. No, no one would. No one really wants that. But these kids, I think this will be something they'll remember for the rest of their lives. But probably not in a good way because they didn't really get anyone. I think in the end they're like, we were just really gross. Well, no, because the teachers, it was one of those things, like, you probably received a call, like, hey, there's a big effing mess at the school, we're cleaning it up now, and, um... Yeah, their yeah. parents are real mad at them. Yeah. I mean, imagine how mad your parents would be if they found out you peed in your school's hallway for a prank. That's true. They, well, one, hopefully most people's parents would just kind of explain that it's not a very good prank. Why don't you just take a dump in one of the teacher's drawers? Upper deck all the toilets. Like, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, see, here are the good ones. Um, we should, maybe we should, like, you know. The, why don't we go back to a high school, do that, and they'll just blame the students. <laughs> yes. Hey, we, there's a there's some high schools around here. I'm sure they, they'd love to have a senior prank. <laughs> um, all right, well, uh, so they're villains. Okay, now we move from crazy teens to a crazy dad messing with teens. Uh, during the Hertfordshire Rugby Cup final, a player from the Royston Rugby Club under-16 team was running with the ball when a dad from the opposing team tripped him. The dad was immediately ejected from the game for the trip, and it didn't really matter because his son's team was annihilated 64-5. to The president of the offending rugby club, Mike Musk, good name, said... I'm Mike Musk. Though, of course, he doesn't talk like that. Well, how would he talk? We're... He's from Hertfordshire, England, so it's like... I'm Mike Musk. <laughs> I wasn't there, but I've seen the photo. It was certainly deplorable, and the only mitigation I can give is that it would seem that it was out of character for this person. We have taken auction, and as far as I am aware, he has been banned from the touchline at matches until next December or January. I hope Mike Musk doesn't sue us for the way you pronounce action. You said action. <laughs> action. Well, that, that's how British people talk. We have taken action. That was a spot-on British accent. I, I didn't think it was that bad, though. I'm sure a lot of people would disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, yeah it was um, pretty bad. You know yeah. what? This because this is a pretty short one, and I think we the, the thing is is this dad does he love his does he love his son too much? Is that his only crime, or is he just a jerk? But before that, I want to say something about. Uh, this is one of my other people might not know this story, but I've told it to Chris and my family members who listen to the show will already know it. But one time there was this church league basketball game in, in our town, Charlotte, and the ref got injured or something. And uh, so they had to have a. Oh, uh, yeah, you told me this. They story. had to have a dad come in and call the game. And this man, Dean Schleicher, ended up just calling all the calls for his own kids' team. And he kind of took over the game, and his kids' team won. And I, I think it's the funniest thing. <laughs> but that's a good example of a dad. Like, if Dean, if we were doing Dean Schleicher, we'd be saying hero just because it's so ridiculous. And the church league. That, that fact really helps a lot. Yeah. Do you have anything like that of parents trying to do... Because parents are always getting really involved in kids' sporting events. Yeah, I've, I've got... All, well, these I, kids stink. I mean, these kids are 16, but... Well, one kid, he was this little, like, pipsqueak, and he was guarding me during this, like, fifth-grade basketball game, and his mom was sitting beside my mom, and my parents didn't really cheer that loudly for me. They, they thought it was... I, I don't know. 
They probably realized it was little kids basketball. Yeah, but anyway, they she, uh, this kid was tasked with guarding me, and the parent kept saying, "Stay on him, stay on him, stay on him." <laughs> and um, it was just uh, we called him the "Stay on him boy" the rest Aww. of us till high school. Uh, or at least this not a, family and I. Think about that. Parents who listen to this program, I know there's a lot there. When you're watching your kid's game, if you do something like, stay on him, stay on him, stay on him, that'll haunt your kid. And also, there was one during my uh, little sister's game where one parent told like this one girl, like, Kaylee, stop digging in your butt. Because <laughs> they were picking her butt. <laughs> <laughs> and that was pretty funny because it was just this, like, you know, Fourth grade little girl, just, you know, you're out there, you're just messing with yourself. Yeah, I guess. I remember, uh, I think I also told this recently, but one time I was at a game and this kid on my soccer team, we were a little older, we were in like ninth or 10th grade, but this Burns McGarry's dad, I name names here. and uh, <laughs> He named names. Okay. Burns McGarry's dad, like his, Burns maybe didn't do something, and his dad goes, what's the matter? Are the pleats on your skirt chafing your thighs? <laughs> So his dad was a hero just because that's a really strange, that's a really specific thing because it's not like pull your skirt up, Mary. It's like he's taking the skirt metaphor and really going with it. Right. The skirt's <laughs> chafing you. Though I don't know if skirts chafe or well, pleats one way to find chafe. out. Right. Well, I mean, also, uh, well, back to that. I I guess that you probably come into skirtney, but when I was coming uh, like of age and playing sports, you know, there was constantly like, pick it up, ladies. I guess you can't do that anymore. Whenever I, we, uh, my, uh, one of my other friends and I coached a basketball team, seventh grade, um, and we always had, we never, uh, called them ladies or anything like that, but we, for some reason we were, oh, we were getting basketballs at Toys R Us and, uh, no, at Sports Authority. And then we came across this like little girl bike and we kept saying that we were going to buy the girl bike. And when they messed up, be like, everybody on the girl bike. And then we would also yell at them. Like you're playing like a bunch of babies, a bunch of girl babies. (laughs) You know, that kind of reminded me of something. When I, I wasn't that great of a play, baseball player, but I was when I was in fourth grade, like I took a bad swing, and then the coach called me over and told me I'd swung like a girl. Now, I'd like to go back in time and sue his butt <laughs> to kingdom come. <laughs> Get him fired. You should go and dre- be, be in a dress and just say it ruined your life. Yeah, maybe I will. <laughs> I don't remember his name. We'll find out. All right. I, sorry for the tangent, folks, but we can probably judge now. I'm going to say... I'm going to say villain just because the team the was, villain. if the if the game was a little closer or he had run onto the field and like grabbed the ball and tried to score himself. <laughs> that'd be cool. That'd be kind of cool. But the game was kind of over. You don't want to stuck, hurt another and he, kid. Yeah, and he stuck out and tripped. It's, if he tackled him, that'd be a lot different too. So, because it's kind of like a bit of a cowardly thing, like a whoops. Yeah. No, don't trip. So I'm going to say villain. Villain as well. All right. We'll take a short break. And when we come back, our favorite horse names. All right, everyone, welcome back to In Focus. Jeff, take it away. All right, with the Kentucky Derby happening last week, we thought we'd come, we'd sort of say our favorite horse names because the Kentucky Derby and all horse racing in general is known for their, you know, crazy names. Right, what I think crazy. Like Seattle Sleuth, which won in 1977. Seattle Slough. Seattle Slough. Seattle Sleuth would also be a good name. That would be for the private eye. That sounds like a TV show. Or the Seattle, uh, maybe not. Maybe a bad book. Yeah. Maybe you should start writing that. Maybe. Maybe I will. All right. My first one is Traveler, Robert E. Lee's horse. That's good. Now, why? Because I like to think that Robert E. Lee was a simple man and that he he was thinking, what should I name my horse? And he said, well, what do horses do? 
they help me travel. Oh, that's and I'll true. name my horse Traveler. Well, that you know, that's a very. Yeah. It's better than naming it Cloppy. Cloppy wouldn't be a very strong <laughs> horse name. Or or Mover. Mover. Uh, <laughs> transportation being. Butt guide. <laughs> Um, also, Traveler could be a good horse for um, an NBA player. Oh, yes, it could be. Because those guys are always traveling. Yeah. Okay, my first one is Shadowfax from Lord of the Rings. He was evidently king of the horses. I just found that out. I just thought he was a cool white horse. And uh, Gandalf also um, gave the phrase, uh, Shadowfax, show us the meaning of haste. Where was he going? He was going to get more help, I think, because they were going to go to Helm's Deep and uh, Gondolf had to go and inform, because he brought the army later that mm -hmm. helped him out. All right. Shadow facts. All right, mm -hmm. my next one is War Admiral. I had War Admiral. All right. Now, War Admiral was a 1930s racing horse who competed against Seabiscuit. That's true. Uh, and also, um, he was... Uh, like his owner portrayed in the movie was because the whole thing was like, oh, Seabiscuit can't beat War Admiral, and his owner was just very like, you know, oh, that's a low class racehorse. But actually, they were cousins. Yeah, they were they were like related. So it wasn't that big an upset. Yeah, but War like Admiral's it. just a great name because it's like the king, like the head of war, basically, is what they're trying to say. That's true. Uh, my next one is Till Death. It was a, a horse on Family Guy that Peter has, and. Uh, Anyway, it was named after the failed Fox TV show, and I think anything... Starring Brad Garrett. That's that'll, true. That'll ring your, ring your memory. And it lasted a long time just to get the syndication, but it was pretty terrible. Nobody watched it, and it was just kind of amazing. It kept coming back. Yeah. Our friend Lorenz and I used to joke, and we still might joke about this. I'm sure if I texted him, he would remember. But there was this one scene where Brad Garrett... Because it was the, the show was about... Till Death was about... A, uh, a married couple and then their neighbor was like their neighbor that's their what it started off as yeah their neighbor their co-worker was you know they were a young married couple and an old married couple and the young the young husband said something to Brad Garrett about getting a foosball table and Brad Garrett was like your wife's never gonna let you get a foosball table and, we, and then <laughs> that was supposed to be a big joke and we thought that was just the funniest thing in the world your wife's never gonna let you get a foosball table <laughs> alright uh, my third one yeah. Cincinnati. This is Ulysses S. Grant's horse that he oh, used in wow. the Civil War. I just thought it was cool that it was named Cincinnati. I agree. I mean, I'm a big Bengals fan. I love Cincinnati. Uh, my next one is Date More Miners. And uh, basically that implies that you should just date more miners. It nearly made the Kentucky Derby one year, too. Yes. And that would have been nice for, like, you know, Bob Costas to, you know, kind of make a nice, you know, in thing with, like, Date More Miners. Yeah, yeah. We should all date more minors. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Or Marv Albert. I guess he doesn't do that. Yeah. He isn't really at the Kentucky Derby. Well, he, he is into minors, though. Well, actually, no, he's just into biting. Yeah. Prostitutes. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> all right. My fourth one, Mr. Ed. Oh, I love Mr. Ed. Yeah. I used to watch it on Nick at Night. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just thought it was cool that Mr. Ed had this horse. Or Mr. Ed was a horse, and it was actually a TV show. Probably a popular TV show for quite some time. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. It we, was. Maybe we could. Maybe we need more horse shows these days because there used to be several horse shows back in the. And day. it ran from 1961 to 1965, and actually, uh, it got canceled because Mr. Ed spoke up about civil rights. Oh really? That's it, cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, Mr. Ed gave this big monologue, but then they lost ratings in the South, and that was. 
I'm, I'm not believing you now, Chris. Okay, no, that never happened. Mr. Ed was all... They were always just trying... The owner was just like... Oh, no, he was no. a real goofball, right? The owner. Yeah, it, well, the, the owner was just basically like, I can't let anybody know I have a talking horse or else they're going to, I don't know, take it away. Yeah, I guess they would try to take it away. Yeah. Uh, do you have any more? My, my last one is Edmund. Now, if you don't remember Edmund, that's because nobody does. But when I was looking up, <laughs> when I was looking up horses, uh, I saw that in the episode of John Seinfeld called "The Pony Remark" or "The Pony." Uh, if you recall, that's the episode where Jerry and Elaine were at a dinner party with Jerry's family, and Jerry's old Polish aunt was there, and Jerry said he hated anyone who had a pony. <laughs> and then the the mom, the aunt said that she had a pony, and that pony's name was Edmund. Wow. Yeah. Well. You know, owning a pony's stupid. Well, that's what we were saying earlier before before in our you know pre-production segment that uh, that's kind of a natural thing that someone would say that you would just say at a dinner party. So it's good on Seinfeld to kind of recognize that's what made it such a great TV Lightning show. In a bottle. You would be at a dinner party. Like if you go to a party this weekend, you might say something like, eh, Which I I will. You'll see me out, folks. Chris goes to a lot of dinner parties. Yeah. And regale them with my... Um... Perhaps you could wear a whimsical blazer. <laughs> Well, that's all the show we have for you today. Uh, I'm Chris Turgliaferro. And I'm Jeff Garver. Thanks for listening.